You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 339. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. During this global pandemic, there has been a lot of talk about what is and is not essential. Before we get any further, let me make something very clear. God's presence is essential. Now, Moses agrees with me on this one. In fact, we'll explore a time in Exodus when God suggested that he might send an angel to guide the people, but not go with him, him go with them himself. And so using Natalie Grant's song, My Weapon, let's dive into scripture today. But first, let's listen. Your presence is my greatest weapon, pushing back the darkness, breaking every chain. Now, I've already hinted at where we will, we will be going in scripture this week, but let's head over to Exodus chapter 33. And if we hop right in, we're going to read this in verse one. The Lord spoke to Moses, go up from here, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt to the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you and will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hethites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard this bad news, they mourned and didn't put on their jewelry. Well, I guess so. (laughs) Well, we are obviously hopping into the middle of a story here. And unless you've been studying in Exodus, I encourage you to follow a few bites. Now, B-I-T-E, BITE, is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And these are exercises that will help you develop habits of interacting with God's Word for yourself. Now, the first bite is to read in context. It's my favorite go-to bite. A verse here and there will not do. You need to know the whole story so that God can reveal his truth to you completely. So first you start with what does it say? And that step happens by actually reading the text for yourself. And a lot of what we do on this podcast actually falls into this first category. A lot of interaction of the interaction exercises that I teach you will keep you here again in this first step. What does it say? And and you would think that just reading it would tell you what it says, but you really can't get a full picture of what scripture is saying without interacting with it. And so some of you may yearn for me to share more application points to tie each episode up with a bow. And sometimes the Lord does reveal those things to me and I share them with you, but Ultimately, my heart's desire is for you to have an unreasonable desire for God's word that will lead to an unsurpassable relationship with him that begins with 
his words speaking to your heart, not the words that he spoke to my heart that I share with you, which of course have value, but his words that he speaks directly to your heart. So let's get really good at interacting with God's word so that we know that we know what it says. Then we can move on to the what does it mean questions. We dabble a bit in that on this podcast from time to time. We also move into the how does it fit into the grand story of scripture or the meta narrative from time to time. Uh, But after you get a good grasp on all of that, so like what does it say? What does it mean? How does it fit into the big story? Once you get a good grasp of all of that, then it's appropriate to move into the how should all of this knowledge change me category. And so there is life application throughout scripture, but how much more meaningful and applicable the sermons and books and devotionals that are written by others, how much more meaningful will they be when you have a solid grasp of what the scripture actually says? And so then as as God reveals it to you and to other people, you can really get more out of your time um, as you're reading and listening to sermons and all that other stuff. So back to the bite of context. If you really want to get the context of this story, go back to Exodus chapter one and read all the way up to this chapter. It is a possible, it's possible for you to do this, but for this particular story, um, it will be important for you to at least read the chapter before, the focus chapter, and the chapter after. This is a good rule of thumb, so when I say read in context, I will often encourage you to do that. It actually works perfectly in this case because the story, you get a good understanding of what exactly is happening by hopping back one chapter. Don't get legalistic about it. Sometimes you have to go back a couple of chapters. Sometimes when you read on to the chapter after the focus chapter, it it launches you into a new scene and it doesn't make it doesn't add anything to your study but the goal is to understand the complete story and the context around your focus area of study so if you're really familiar with the text another bite that you can use to get your bearings in a larger book like Exodus is to use the section headings provided in most bibles of course section headings and I mean honestly even verse separations are tools publishers have used to help us study the word of god god didn't originally put these items in the text, but they really are useful. So let's go ahead and use them. But you could go all the way back to the beginning of Exodus 1 and read the section headings to get your bearings. We're going to go ahead and start in chapter 14, just right as they are crossing the the Red Sea. So Moses <clears throat> has gone to, uh, um, has been in Egypt and he is met with the Pharaoh and he, he said, let my people go. And then so now they're crossing the Red Sea. Then in chapter 15, the song of Moses is um, displayed and bitter water is made sweet. Then bread from heaven is revealed in chapter 16. Water from the rock comes in chapter 17. And we actually recently studied this on episode 333, if you missed that one. Uh, Israel defeats Amalek also in chapter 17. Um, In Exodus 18, we see Jethro giving Moses advice. That's his father-in-law. Then in chapter 19, we see Israel arriving at Mount Sinai. And then in chapter 20, the Ten Commandments are revealed. And then a string of laws that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. Laws about altars, about slaves, laws about restitution, laws about social justice, laws about the Sabbath and festivals, and on and on. And then in chapter 23, we see the conquest of Canaan, promised. And then in chapter 24, we see the covenant confirmed. Now, this is an interesting chapter that you may want to read for yourself. And there are some details that are pretty fascinating, like Aaron and the priests and the elders went up with Moses and saw God for themselves. 
Really, really happened. So go read it. But it's at the end of this chapter that Moses is called up to the mountain with his assistant Joshua to receive the stone tablets and the law that God had written for their instruction. And you find here in this chapter that he was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. In fact, let me let me just go ahead and read a little bit of this as it sets the scene for the context of why God said he wouldn't go with the people to the promised land. So let's, um, again, we're in chapter 24. Let's start with verse 9. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of Israel's elders. And they saw the God of Israel. Beneath his feet was something like a pavement of lapis lazuli as clear as the sky itself. God did not harm the Israelite nobles. They saw him and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay there so that I may give you the stone tablets with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua and went up the mountain of God. He told the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. Aaron and her are here with you. Whoever has a dispute should go to them. These details are really important. So again, you may want to go ahead and read chapter 24 for yourself. But this is where Moses really, this is where Moses was. Uh, So he was on the mountain 40 days uh, and 40 nights. He was there when the really bad stuff went down that we're going to read about in chapter 32. But before we get there, we can continue to get our bearings with the section headings. If you keep reading them on your own, you will see that God reveals the pattern of the tabernacle and its ministry. And this is really important stuff that God is sharing with Moses. It does kind of have a bonanza-like, meanwhile, back at the ranch vibe, because while Moses is up up on the mountain talking with God, the people are losing their ever-loving minds. And that's where we pick up the story in context in chapter 32. Moses was up there a while, and so the people got a little antsy. Um, In fact, it says in, in chapter 32, when the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, come, make gods for us who will go before us because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Now, it's at this point that I really don't understand what was going on in the mind of Aaron. He was up on the mountain with Moses and saw God for himself. We just read that. And his response to the people asking for gods is to give in to them rather than to reveal to them what he had seen for himself. It's crazy. Uh, That could be a whole nother podcast. Uh, I'm sure we could ponder that a little bit. But uh, basically, they uh, uh, he forms a golden calf and they begin to worship it. Uh, He has them take off their jewelry. He fashions this golden calf. They stir up quite a ruckus. God tells Moses to go down from the mountain. He says that he wants to burn them up and start over with Moses. And so what does Moses do? He intercedes for the people, and he begs God to relent. So we read in verse 11, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians say he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and eliminate them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger and relent concerning this disaster planned for your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, you swore to them by yourself and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky. And I will give your offspring all this land that I have promised and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he had said he would bring on his people. 
Now, there are a lot that's through verse 14. So there's a lot more juicy details in this story. I want you to read it for yourself. It really goes on to display what happened immediately before our section of scripture that we let out with today. But for now, let's remember where we started out on this episode, and that is in chapter 33. Just as a reminder, the Lord spoke to Moses, go up from here, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt to the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you and will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hethites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard this bad news, they mourned and didn't put on their jewelry. This is really bad. Now, remember how I said the presence of God was essential and our song speaks of it as being our weapon, pushing back the darkness, defeating the enemy, going before us. Well, Moses agrees because in verse 15, he says, if your presence does not go, don't make us go up from here. Now, one of the bites that I've used um, in the past is to write scripture in my own words. And in fact, this week I took it a step further. I went ahead and wrote a narrative of this scene. Now, this bite will take some time and it will take effort and it is an exercise in creativity. So some of you are going to be thrilled by this exercise and you are going to go after it. And others of you will push back and say, uh, that's just not how I'm, I'm wired. But if you push yourself a little... I think that the text could really come alive for you. So in verses 7 through 11, scripture tells us of the tent where Moses would meet with God. It also tells us how Joshua would be in the tent. And so here's the scene that I wrote out. So it's kind of like writing scripture in my own words, but I really kind of made it a dramatic narrative. So here's how it goes. He couldn't have meant that, right? After all that has happened up to this point... Moses pulled his hands nervously through his hair as he paced from the front to the back of the tent in long strides. Joshua wasn't sure if he should respond. His eyes shifted apprehensively from his feet to Moses' anguished face to the crack of light forcing its way through the curtain at the front of the tent of meeting. Perhaps the slice of light represented a sliver of hope that God would relent. Joshua could scarcely wrap his mind around all that had transpired in the last week much less formulate a response. With a brief thought towards Job's friends, he chose silence. You heard him. He was calm, but sure. I almost wish he was angry. I mean, I'm sure he's angry, but I wish he would raise his voice and seem irrational or something. He's not a man. I know he's, he's, he's not irrational. He's God. But if he seemed like he would cool down and change his mind, then maybe I wouldn't feel this tightness in my chest. He was so calm. I heard him correctly, right? He said he wouldn't come with us. I can't do this without him. I don't want to do this without him. Well, Joshua began, but Moses kept venting. What were they thinking? Don't they know he's God? Don't they care that he has this amazing plan for them and all they have to do is obey? Instead, we keep going to funerals with mass graves. We'll look like fools. He will look weak. Why deliver us from Pharaoh to abandon us on the way? But we deserve it. He doesn't deserve to have us as his people. He deserves a people that will show him their devotion through their obedience. What kind of people are we? A calf just jumped out of the fire. Ha! I would leave us too. But we can't do it without him. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do it without him. I don't want to do it without him. What do we do? 
Moses' pleading eyes pierced Joshua's heart. Joshua gazed back with pleading eyes of his own as he responded simply, You have to talk to him. He will listen to you. You are our only hope. All right, so that was my take on the scene. And Moses does talk to the Lord. And once again, we see Moses interceding for God's people. So let's go back to scripture in verse 12, where it says, Moses said to the Lord, Look, you've told me, lead these people up, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor with me. Now, if I have indeed found favor with you, please teach me your ways, and I will know you so that I may find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. And he replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Verse 15, Moses, if your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all the other people on the face of the earth. The Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked, for you have found favor with me, and I know you by name. Now, there are a few things I want to point out as we close out today. First of all, last week's episode, I pulled out of the vault, reminded us that in God's presence is where we find the joy we are so desperately seeking. So there's one reason why God's presence is essential. And then also the week before that, we talked about our great high priest, Jesus Christ, who intercedes for us. What Moses is doing for the people here is exactly what our great high priest continues to do on our behalf. He intercedes for us with the Father. We deserve destruction. Our hearts are always following after idols, but God has relented. We are made right in the eyes of the Lord because of the righteousness of Christ. And his Holy Spirit dwells within us if we are followers of Christ. So we can't escape his presence. So as you sing this week's song, consider this crisis in the Old Testament when the Lord suggested that he might not go with the people. I can't even imagine taking one more step without the presence of God. So what's next? Read Exodus 32 through 34, maybe even start in Exodus chapter 1 if you want. Consider what it would be like for the people of God to be led by his angel, but without the presence of God himself. Prayerfully ponder how essential God's presence is in your own life. Can you declare with Moses, how will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or Facebook. Uh, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. This challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at michellekneezat.com forward slash 30-day challenge and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Shelly from Michigan and Melody from Florida and Erica from Nebraska. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. And subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You'll get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. 
listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Well, this encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like JW who writes, Michelle's podcast is by far my favorite. I look forward to each episode coming out and always come away having learned something and received encouragement to meditate on truths throughout the week. Thank you so much for the review, JW. I love that you are inspired to meditate on truth, and I wholeheartedly believe that God will meet you there. Now, of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, or you can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Amadeo, Still My God by Ryan Stevenson to lead us to scripture. Now, if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 339. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.